Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the plates to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fall. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get on TechDirt, a constant topic of conversation is how companies often bully critics or people who are creating parodies or otherwise mocking aspects of large businesses. Uh, we see it all the time, and it still amazes me that lawyers for these companies don't seem to have learned yet about the Streisand effect and how that kind of bullying often backfires in spectacular ways, and also that it usually goes way beyond their their rights, whatever kinds of rights they're claiming, often trademark rights. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Danielle Baskin, who seems to be something of a magnet for such bullying. Uh, Baskin is a combination entrepreneur and culture hacker who creates a variety of projects that are somewhere between commentary on society, performance art, and actually sometimes very cool business ideas. Uh, as she says on her own website, uh, her works blend humor and uh, practicality, and many of her businesses began as jokes, including a business that recently shut down, which was to print human faces on masks. Uh, another such project, uh, very much of the joke variety, uh, was uh, one to print uh, logos onto Band-Aids. It was called Brand-Aid. Uh, and the website was brandedbandaids.com. This was uh, uh, a, a joke suggesting that we could cover some of the costs of vaccinating everyone from COVID by putting, you know, these brand logos on the brand on the the branded band-aids after you got your vaccine shot. Uh, it turns out that Johnson and Johnson uh, didn't really get the joke, I guess, and they're fairly aggressive uh, in trying to protect their brandaid or sorry bandaid <laughs> trademark. Oops, uh, and so they went to Wipo. To to try and get her website from her, claiming that this was domain squatting uh, and trademark, uh, you know, effectively a trademark violation on on Band Aid. Uh, that process recently failed. Uh, so Baskin has also faced threats from a bunch of others, and we're going to talk about some of them today. So Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's start with the uh, brand aid brand situation. Aid. <laughs> can, can you explain the, the project itself? I did a kind of a, a, a weak job explaining what it was. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think at the time, uh, so this project was, you know, before the vaccines had rolled out. There okay. was all, you know, I was reading stories about the complications of rolling them out and you know the costs and i was just thinking like oh well you know if there was more money if we threw more money at the vaccine rollout then it would be more efficient and a way to a way to get money would be to have sponsored band-aids um so it's it but i also thought you know this is an impossible thing and also people would be very upset by this because right just you know yeah, the vaccines themselves are owned by private companies. I think we don't want to 
we don't want to yes. remember that um, <laughs> that people are profiting off of the vaccine and so just uh taking this sort of sacred me- the sacred medicine the vaccine that's going to save us all and pairing it with capitalism is deeply upsetting uh, so <laughs> I tried to, you know, when I made this joke, I used funny logos like uh, Chili's, Pop-Tarts, John Deere. They had issues, though. John Deere sent me a cease and desist pretty quickly. Um, (laughs) They're they're very, yeah, they're they're very legal as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, They were were super quick. Um, (laughs) And I think maybe the Comcast one really upset people, too. Uh, But I just, like, Photoshopped these logos on right. band-aids and put them up on a website called Brandaid and made the copy I mean it was obviously a joke uh with the copy it said that this is a program it also said that uh you cannot actually order these at this time <laughs> okay um and uh yeah I put this on Twitter and I got mixed reactions some people thought this was you know I was that was mocking uh, the capitalization of healthcare, um, but it also that idea upset people too. So it was both a mix, of course, with any you know any right. any satire upsets people and delights and humors people. So. Yes, that's well, good satire. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll do that, and and yeah. you know, I mean, I I think it's I. I you know, to me, it's 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 really clever because you're sort of commenting on a, a a whole bunch of different things in in one single effort, um, and you know I, I think that is difficult to do well, um, but I think this this did right. I mean, it is commenting on the commercialization of of healthcare, but also just the nature of of advertising and sponsorship these days, and sort of how widespread it is, and how you can you know suddenly see sponsorship everywhere. Um, totally, totally. And so, like as commentary, I mean, I thought it, I thought it was, it was great. Um, <laughs> and so, so John Deere was upset, uh, and yeah, but and, you can't use John Deere's. Lo- I had a half of a John Deere logo. It was like even <laughs> cut off in the image, and they. If I'm so curious how their legal, how their legal team finds this stuff, like it was yeah. so buried on the internet, but um, yeah, yeah, they, they had me take down the image. Weird, huh? <laughs> Yeah, they even contacted I, I mean, I, my domain, my, uh, my really? dom- the host for the domain name. Yeah. They, instead of contacting me, they got it removed through the host. Wow. So that, that's like a whole other issue. I mean, that we've talk, yeah. talked about elsewhere and we're, we're going to have, we're going to actually do a big thing on TechTurt um, in the relatively near future, just about that, the nature of, you know, content moderation takedowns mm. that, that, that go to the infrastructure level where yeah. they, you know, rather than going to the, the person actually responsible, you go to someone who, who, you know, has, has the ability to take down an entire site or something. Um, and, and the sort of dangers of that. Yeah. And they'd be more likely to take it down cause they don't yeah. want to get in trouble. So. Yeah. And, and to them it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's a different sort of situation. They just, you know, it's like, this is too much trouble. We're just not going to do business with you. Yeah. Um, kind, of, kind of situation. So that's crazy. But, but, so, but let's talk about Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> yes. Um, because now as, as some people know, but as important to state Band-Aid is a trademark of Johnson and Johnson. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of people think that Band-Aid is just a generic term for for band-aids right. <laughs> because that's what everybody calls them. Um, but yes. it's, it is technically not, and it's technically still a trademark and they try to enforce it, you know, 
pretty hard because they recognize that if it does become generic, then they lose that trademark and they don't they don't want that. Um, but that doesn't stop them from overreach. And so they they reached out to you first in this case. Yeah, I, versus yeah, no, I didn't reach out to them. No, I, I sorry, I meant like as as opposed to like your host or something. Oh no, yeah, they reached out to like I think for domain name issues, like it's standard to reach out to the recipient. Though they had to get my, you know, I have privacy on, so they had to get. Right. I don't know how, and this happens to me many times. I have privacy on all my sites, but the lawyers still cut through and get my personal email. <laughs> I don't know how. Maybe they email the registrar and. and could be. I don't know how you could cut through that, but uh, yes, they figured out my like email, my address, my you know my actual physical address, all that stuff. Right. Um, and so, so you got angry threat letter from Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, I got an initial one that you know told me to you know shut down the shut down the website and then give them the domain name, delete hmm. and delete all of my tweets about it. Remove, <laughs> really? remove that this has ever existed from the internet. Wow, um, that's aggressive. And of course, I said no. I, you know, this is uh, this is satire, so I'm fine. Right. Um, and they and said I, yes, I, it's I satire. It will go in, away. In le- I worded it in legal speak, um, <laughs> but uh, then you know, of course, of course, with these things, they're so. It's such a. There's always a long delay, and then you get another longer email, and so right. like you know, two weeks go by. And then I get another one that says that this is not, it's not satire. Uh, like, you know, that I'm not, I'm not doing something that's like making fun of Johnson and Johnson directly. Right. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's, satire is such a complicated thing to yes. explain. Yes. Um, like there's sort of an old definition where satire has to be a pun of an existing company making fun of that company. Huh. Right. Like that's sort of a because I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more familiar with it just in the copyright space. So um, in in copyright, like parody can be fair use, but satire is not, um, which confuses the hell out of lots mm. of people. But but it's a similar sort of thing, because parody, if it's directly commenting on the original work, then it can be fair use. But they say satire because it's commenting on something else in society, but using the works of another company, that is not considered fair use. Yeah. Now, a lot of people think that's ridiculous and doesn't make any sense. And I agree with that. Um, So I wonder if that's kind of where they were coming from, but it sounds different. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's confusing because like Johnson and Johnson, people don't immediately associate Band-Aid with Johnson and Johnson. Like they think right. Band-Aid's a word. So yes. if that is true, then is Brandaid satire about Band-Aids? Well, right. no, it's more like satire about Johnson and Johnson. Because right. I'm talking I mean Johnson and Johnson's behind the vaccine. Right. At the same time. They yes. are profiting off the vaccine. Yes. And yeah. and and selling and probably selling band-aids. They're providing band-aids. <laughs> Yes. Probably at a at a markup because they can, you know. I don't know how much they're making off of band aids, but um, yeah, they're a for profit company developing developing a vaccine, and my satire is about capitalism behind vaccines, so it right. actually does fit perfectly with satire. But right. like, you know, is it satire about 
band-aids themselves about how band-aids hurt about how, no it's not about band-aids right. so that's why it's a little confusing it requires right. some some deeper thoughts you know <laughs> yes yes maybe one level deeper of thought uh, um and then, um, so they went to WIPO. So WIPO is the World Intellectual Property Organization, and they have a process. It's a, it's an arbitration process um, around domains so that if someone believes that their trademark is being used in a domain, um, you can go to WIPO and try and have WIPO reassign that domain to you. Um, and there's a whole there's a whole process that, that you go through. Um, did they do anything else before that, or, or did they just go straight to WIPO at this point? Um, there was one more back and forth, and okay. then total silence for a month, and then a sudden, and then a sudden email from WIPO. Huh. So they didn't tell me they were going to do that. Right. Um, and then, what can you say about the WIPO yeah. process? How does that how does that work? <laughs> they so the white. Uh, the WIPO process sort of like warns you that something you're about to receive something in the mail <laughs> and you're also going to receive a PDF of the comp of the formal complaint. OK. Um, and they overnighted me to the wrong address because they got some <laughs> whatever address like I forget what addresses I use for registering my domains. So I move I move around, you know. Uh, so they send it to the wrong address overnight from Switzerland, which is pretty oh, wow. expensive. That's probably like, you know, a few hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, a printed out uh, complaint. In this case, it, I gave them my correct address, which I didn't need to. I just actually wanted to see it. <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> artifact. It's for my uh, it's for my cease and desist museum. Right. Um, but it was 249 pages. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, wait, is, how? Like, how much content? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so it included the history of Johnson and Johnson. Oh my goodness. Uh, with pictures. <laughs> it included a, <laughs> it, and, the, and like a big black and white picture of the founder. Wow. Um, it included a list of all of their successful trademarks. Oh my god. And then they also printed out my personal website. Really? Yeah, including my including my speaking engagements. Oh, how of nice which of them. I snuck jokes into there too. Like I I said um I gave a wed I gave a WEDX talk at my sister's wedding. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like how marriage will change the world. Right. And like that was in my, that was in the legal complaint. Nice. Like clearly she's trying to profit off of the, uh, she's trying to get more speaking engagements. Yes. Um, yes. At, at everybody's more wedding. Wed, 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 <laughs> wed talks. Um, and great. they also printed out my Twitter, my, my tweets with the mm -hmm. initial joke and this, the comments. <laughs> oh God. So and like some of my friends were in there. Just like, there were some comments saying, like lol like this is um uh i think they uh also print they printed my twitter bio but my twitter bio i think something was removed because i do have in my twitter bio that i tweet jokes and i hmm. put that there uh on per like i put that in my twitter bio because i do have a mix of you know real things and satire and i right. want I just want it to be more obvious that it's satire sometimes um, because it's annoying to keep getting comments right. that are like, is this real? And if you read my bio that I tweet jokes, it's more obvious. But 
they did not include that part of my Twitter bio. They just included huh. like like they cut out half my Twitter bio. That seems really sketchy. Actually. Because the, part of their argument was that the tweet links to my Twitter, and in my Twitter bio, I link to companies, two companies, right. Dial-Up and Maskalike, which are for-profit entities. Therefore, the joke funnels into my own capitalism, right. my own way to make money, which is because like, of wait, people, right? Yeah. Because if people find the branded band-aids funny, they will then be more likely to support your your actual company yes exactly that's their logic but with that logic then should we not should should uh you know people who make internet satire not be able to have any job right you (laughs) must starve if you are funny you can't have any you can't have any income if people like your art on the internet (laughs) right (laughs) um so and it you know Actually, like, I'm, you know, dial-up isn't even profitable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Welcome to the startup world. I mean, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, there was no, I mean, that was, that was actually a strong part of their argument that I had, I had commercial intent behind this and, you know, I got branded, I got branded bandaids.com because I had the intention. Um, But I, you know, actually wrote them a letter, but before. Before I responded to the complaint, I sent a note and signed it saying that I never had an, any intention to sell branded band-aids. Right. Yeah. Like, how, yeah. I mean, how, how would you have actually sold branded how would I? Yeah. Like, how do I do I call, yeah, call up my local Walgreens? Say, hey, let me tell you about this program. <laughs> call up Chili's Corporate. I mean, you're dealing with these like just the uh, I think I, I made a joke. I made a joke on the initial tweet when someone asked, like, I think someone said, like, oh, this is brilliant. You should make it real. And I said, like, this plan would probably take two years to roll out, given <laughs> yeah. the given the speed at which corporate entities make decisions and how many people would have to sign off on this idea and how right. like ad campaigns are designed a year in advance. Like this, I can't do this for next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let alone just like the actual logistics of rolling it out, you know, at any at any reasonable scale. You know, I don't think it's uh, it was was. Yes, I think anyone, especially company like Johnson & Johnson that actually manufactures band-aids might might know that this was not a possible thing. Yeah. However, when I got my vaccine, my band-aid did say Walgreens. Really? And I wonder... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where that, they got that idea, you know? Yeah, well, you should sue. I mean, clearly, send a cease and desist. Like, hey, I thought of it first. <laughs> <laughs> If Walgreens uh, is one of my examples. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um, so, so, so what happened with the, with the WIPO process? Yeah. You know, with a, with a 249 page, uh, you know, scary complaint, <laughs> I thought I can't really, you know, fight this alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to find lawyers. Um, my friend, Tim Wong, uh, has a law firm. Uh, so I worked with, uh, I worked with Mike Wolf and Leah Rosen on this. They actually specialize in defending internet artists. Yes. So they and, were and perfect to work with. Yes. They, the, 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 the whole team there is, they're all excellent people. 
Yeah. Uh, and so I know that there are also Tech Dirt fans as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, I've spoken with them all, and they're yeah, it's they're, they're good people. So that's that's good. Totally. And they were they really liked my. I mean, this is important. They liked my branded bandits joke. Right. <laughs> and they're familiar with my other work, so right. they you know mentioned all of the other like you know some other satirical projects that I've done. Right. Um. And. Yeah, uh, they worked on it. That was great. Uh, you know, working with <laughs> working with lawyers is a nice feeling because they know what to say. <laughs> I when I'm communicating with these companies, and I usually don't hire a lawyer. Like I usually mm -hmm. wait until it really escalates to have a lawyer right. involved because I've received so many cease and desist that I sort of use similar. <laughs> I, use, I I basically you know write a very similar thing every time. Right. Um, but yeah, that process, uh, once they got involved, they have a sort of, there's this you know, random person that's assigned to the case, and they are the panelist, and they get to make the final call. So okay. they read both arguments. So my lawyers sent in a response, and what's supposed, that's all that's supposed to happen, but... Um, Johnson and Johnson did another response that was actually out of the time frame. Like they huh. sent a, they sent a follow up, which you're not wow. supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to be given a chance to reply, and then that's it. And then like there's I think maybe there there was some deadline, uh, and we followed the deadline. And then they sent some you know another few pages, huh. uh, countering some arguments that the lawyer made, but. So we had to send a reply <laughs> saying that their reply was out of bounds because, right. you know, that's not the rules. It's like, yeah, they, they started speaking when, you know, they were not given a microphone. Right. I mean, they're Johnson and Johnson. The rules yes, don't apply they, to them. Totally, totally. <laughs> I think they did it because, you know, our my lawyer said a good reply, you know? Right. Like, so they, wait, they, wait, but wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they were probably not uh, expecting that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, then uh, don't hear anything. And then the panelist was pretty, you know, that took another month. And the panelist, um, you know, reads all, <laughs> reads the hundreds of pages. I don't know. They, there's a lot for the panelist to read through and then they make a decision. Right. And they decided to side with me because it's clear that when you go to the website, that if you read it, that it is not, uh, you know, it's it's not a thing that's confusing with a Johnson and Johnson product, right? Nor am I selling anything, right? So, so that's good. So that's it for so yeah. You, that's it. You got to keep the website. The website is still up as we speak. It's um, up. I mean, the joke is old. Yes. <laughs> but yes. I, you know, the joke is old, but we get to have it for, for, you know, historical, just to, to remember. Yeah. And, and have you heard anything else from Johnson and Johnson since WIPO ruled that way? No, hmm. no, they weren't like, you know, good game. <laughs> Here are some band-aids. <laughs> yeah, here's a pack of band-aids. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man. Um, okay. Interesting. And, yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I feel like all these things end in uh, just you know someone disappearing. <laughs> right. Right. It is a little anticlimactic, uh, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I would like to shake someone's hand, you know. (laughs) (laughs) With some band-aids on my hand. That's right. That's right. Oh, gosh. Um, So, but, but, you know, as I was saying, and I mean, you already mentioned that, that, Johnson Johnson wasn't even the only one who got mad about this, but but you're also saying that you've gotten lots of other cease and desist yeah. letters. So um, so many. Yeah. So I, I'm going in a little blind here because I know you said that you've gotten a whole bunch, but I don't I don't know what what most of them are. So yeah, I mean there mostly a- they're all like I'd say half are for um, half are for like my parody satire. I don't know whether to use the word parody or satire. Um, right half are for that and the other half is for copyright infringement Hmm. um of logos and artwork but i've been in the right i've been in the right so um (laughs) like for example i guess one of those this is like the the, this is the not an interesting one but kind of funny that i'd get a cease and desist from mc escher really (laughs) mc the mc escher foundation yeah because i i i mean i'm a painter uh-huh. And I used to have a company painting uh, customized bicycle helmets. Okay. And I'm a, an Escher fan, and sure. I thought it would be cool to you know do Escher artwork on bicycle helmets. But because it's a helmet, I have to like because it's you know a 360. The painting, right. the tessellations have to overlap on around both sides, so it's actually kind of a challenge. Okay. Like MC Escher has a yeah. painting called Day and Night, so you have birds coming from the left, birds coming from yep. the right, and they tessellate. But how do you do that so it wraps twice? So right. I tried to figure this out. I made like one of them, <laughs> put it on and my they... website, but it was for sale because, like, you know, I wanted I I sell I sell helmets. Clearly, right. it was not an MC Escher original. Like I'm just a super fan, but I'm actually I'm a good painter. <laughs> so, <laughs> So it looks like I printed it. Like, it does not look hand-painted. It just looks like I'm trying to sell Escher prints. And so they sent me a cease and desist saying I had to remove it. I think they have, like, a Google search term alert for, like, the painting name or something because they found me within two days. Oh, wow. And I had done a few Escher. I I also did the Escher self-portrait in a sphere on a helmet. I just had a bunch of Escher stuff. And they told Hmm. me I had to, you know, cease selling them. Okay. And uh, I replied that I barely make any money on this, and also <laughs> I am a. It is a deriv- It's a derivative. Right. I think I also at the time I was also young and didn't understand how to talk to lawyers. I said something like, "MC Escher would like these if he was alive. <laughs> we would hang out <laughs> and discuss how to make things tessellate twice." <laughs> <laughs> this was when I was like 20, 21. <laughs> I see. And and did they respond to that? Uh, I think they no, they didn't actually. Yeah. They didn't reply. Which I learned that a lot of a lot of entities just send a cease and desist yeah. like because it's sort of automated for them. Yeah. Like they find they have a Google search alert and then they just send it. And then when they get then they assess each thing, whether or not it's worth it. But they just yeah. have to. It has to be in their track record that they send a season. Well, it, 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 it depends. <laughs> I mean, yes. But yes, a lot of companies do that. What, what's actually funny is like in the building where my my office is, not that I am in my office very often these days because there's still COVID and stuff. But yeah, uh, in the building where my office is, the. The office across from mine is a brand protection 
company oh, really? <laughs> that sends all these automated takedowns that then oh, I make fun I'm curious of. How they, I'm curious how they search. Yeah. I'm, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I did end up talking, to, again, this is pre-COVID days. Um, our building would have like occasional sort of happy hours. And I ended up getting into a conversation with this guy, which was very awkward. Um, the guy who runs that company. And he was going on and on about like how he had built some sort of like AI for finding brand infringement. Uh, and that was like his, oh, his secret John, sauce. John Deere use, uses. Yeah, I, I, have, I have no <laughs> yeah. idea. Huh. Um, um, well, that's a weird, that's a, uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know how I'd reply to someone who tells me that that's their job. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very awkward. I don't think I told him that I like, I constantly make fun of those kinds of companies. Yes. Yes. That would have been strange. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, I think trademarks are ridiculous. Um, Yes. For the most part. But it is weird how many like cease and desist I've received from art, from art entities. So uh, MC Escher, uh, Magritte, and Hmm. uh, the... Giacometti's estate or Giacometti Foundation or estate. I don't know. They usually use their It's term. always the, the estates, right? I mean, because the, yeah. you know, the, yeah, the estates who are, um, you know, either, yeah, you, yeah. Well, I'm not going to comment on, <laughs> on how these <laughs> estates It's weird. It's like work. the artist, like if the artists were alive, they'd yeah. be like, oh, cool. So a fan is, you know, right. Like, like right. artists are generally collaborative and like when yes. people, you know, make derivatives. But yeah, I had to I had to reproduce real Giacometti sculptures for a play. Like they were theater huh. props. Oh wow! Uh, it was a play about Giacometti. Okay. And uh, the the theater company got the cease and desist. They were planning okay. on auctioning off all of the artwork to fund oh. to pay for the. I mean, yeah, there isn't much money in theater. Right. So I made tons of. I was actually kind of upset about them auctioning off because I got paid very little to do these sculptures. Right. I think I got like five dollars an hour or something. Oh wow! Uh, so they got a cease and desist, and they were like, "Danielle, you have to pick up all the sculptures and take them back home. We don't want to." Huh. They got. They freaked out. They didn't want the Giacometti to knock on their Giacometti estate <laughs> to knock on their door and shut down and like you know sue their theater company. Right. So then I had to take home like you know. 10 Giacometti sculptures oh and 20 goodness. paintings and they were just like in my apartment and I didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> wow. And and then you can't sell them apparently. I put cause... them on Craigslist. Oh, interesting. No, for free. Yeah, I, right. I didn't sell them. Right. Of course. Them. And then, you know, no, I ended up just leave, leaving them scattered around New York on the streets. I slowly so so if you were in New York and you happened to come yeah, across in 2013, if wow. you just saw like a, a knockoff, <laughs> a knockoff Giacometti painting on cardboard. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was me. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, those are my, those are sort of like my, my copyright things. But the um, cease and desist that I've had for satire, yeah. um, I got a cease and desist from spam. That was a, com- <laughs> that was a complicated one. From, and from just really H- funny. Hormel? The... Yeah, Hormel, yeah. Wow, okay. Well, yeah, good. let's let's hear this one. Um okay, so you know you know spam used in the term recruiter spam. Sure. Like, you know, people messaging you yeah. on LinkedIn saying like, Dear sir, join our <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Join our team. We're looking for rock stars. Um uh <laughs> I what I was trying to recruit for my company and was thinking about 
you know, the term recruiter spam and then had this idea to make physical cans of recruiter spam (laughs) and then leave them where engineers would be, which is the grocery (laughs) store underneath Twitter. (laughs) Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm Um, familiar with it. I've shopped there. (laughs) Except I realized that would be obnoxious, so I staged it. Where I so I made I made these cans of spam that said recruit that said recruiter instead of the word spam. It said recruiter, but it was in spam's font. Like it was you know the yellow and blue. Instead of uh, I think the original spam shows like a sandwich, but I made it a stack of papers, and it just has like on the on the back it has like a hand reaching out to sh- you know shake your hand and it says right like, please it says like kindly please reply as like the flavor <laughs> and it just has all these you know you know things about you know search about recruiters right and i have recruiter spam.net that's my website <laughs> it links so that cans of spam have a qr code that link to recruiter spam.net huh and then you could apply to work for me that way <laughs> And I also say, you know, I didn't, I also thought it was, you know, this probably won't lead to like finding a candidate, but I just make up, I just said I'm a recruiting agency on the site. Like, so send it, actually send your resume and I will like share it with our, you know, our clients. But like, I didn't have customers. Anyway, they found, (laughs) I, I tweeted pictures of, I made like 10 cans and I just did this like photo shoot where I put them all over the grocery store, but Mm -hmm. I, it was all staged. Right. Um, and people were really upset that huh. I left Kansas Spam in the grocery store because it would be, you know, annoying for the employees there to like find that it's wrong, which right. I disagree with. Having had, having had, a, you know, a retail job or, uh, you know, like working in restaurants and other stuff where, you know, weird things can happen. <laughs> Right. I find that when strange events happened, that it was amusing and not annoying. <laughs> People right. are also upset when I left signs at Costco uh, for magical items, which we could talk about <laughs> later. I didn't get in trouble for that. But yeah, I think like I do. I, I stage that. I stage that I leave things in, in public and people are like, but someone has to clean up your art and people get upset. I see. Um, but anyway, uh, I... Uh, didn't open the, I didn't do any food tampering. I think people Uh were also like, you tampered with food. That Mm -hmm. is, you know, who will, no one can eat that spam now. Uh, you wasted food, you tampered with food. I did, I just changed the label. That's it. I didn't open up the can of spam. But all, uh, besides, you know, the people that were upset about it, a lot of people appreciated this joke. (laughs) Right. And it got shared and went like, you know got lots of lots of retweets and enough enough uh, enough virality where spam corporate reached out to me and told me that I had to remove my like delete my website remove all hmm. the images from my twitter similar to Johnson and Johnson like delete right. this get rid of this joke <laughs> and it's questionable whether or not it's parody about spam right you know like i'm using in the word the word spam is unfortunately uh, associated with negative things, but it comes directly from their company, from right. like some Monty Python sketch or something. Yeah. I had to learn the history of it. Cause oh I yeah, didn't, I didn't even know. Because because um, I mean, in the in the early days of the internet, as some of us old timers will remember, like Hormel was very upset that the idea of 
spam as in like just spam email was was called spam yeah. um, and it took them a really long time to get over that and now i think they've sort of embraced it to some extent but but there was a long time where they very seriously tried to stop people from yeah. calling spam spam yeah i don't you know i don't think it affects people if anything it helps spam sure yeah because <laughs> it's funny yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's and it's a brand that should embrace funny just totally. because of it's the weird. nature. It's such a weird product. Yes. Um, but yeah, they didn't like they didn't like my joke. They yeah. told me to remove my website. I told them I wouldn't. And so we had. I mean, we went back and forth for a long time and huh. made this compromise that they they really wanted me to change the colors so it didn't look exactly like a spam can. Because no. I was because it didn't fit with parody. If I'm making fun of, like, I'm not making. I'm using, right. I'm using their branding for a joke that is unrelated to them, even though it right. is. It's right. I don't you're, know you're how you're to making explain fun it. of. You're making fun of the other spam, which is based on them, yes, but you're I'm not making, making fun, of fun of Hormel. Right. Right. Hormel has nothing to do with annoying recruiters. Right. Right. <laughs> but I'm using their logo. Right. So I said, okay, I'll change the yellow to white. So if you okay. go to, and they then they disappeared. So if you go huh. to if you go to recruiterspam.net, Which I just photoshopped. I photoshopped. Uh, I changed all of my yellow to white. <laughs> I see. It's a little oh, wow. less. You know, yes. but you still see the spamness. In oh it. yeah. No, the cans are great. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I also had all these recruiters reach out, and they were like, "I want these for the office." Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and I actually did find I did find some contractors this way. The, you know, huh. the the project worked out where I it, you know right. I did attract some candidates. Uh, spam is maybe okay with what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> There's a happy ending to this. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but, um, uh, I mean, an- another one that you had mentioned before we started recording was you do something related to oracle open world yes uh do you want to talk about that (laughs) yes when i when i first moved to san francisco uh maybe i was here for a few months and oracle open world was in town and i had never heard of it before oh and just 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 for for people who are not in or around san francisco oracle open world kind of shuts down San Francisco, because it's 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 an insane number of people who come. It's like forty thousand or something. Yeah, and and San Francisco is not a particularly large city, and they take over Moscone Center, which is right in in downtown, and they like shut down streets, and like traffic just you can't you cannot travel around there, and and every hotel disappears, and and Oracle Open World just it shuts down the city in some way. Yeah. And what are they even, you know, talking, what are they even doing at Oracle <laughs> yes. Open World? That's some, that's a mystery. Yes. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a trade show. Yes. Yes. It's more of a trade show than a conference. It's just sure. like for clients and it's for, you know, you know, people building products up, uh, in the Oracle ecosystem. And yes, um, everyone's wearing suits. It's very serious. <laughs> uh, anyways, when Oracle Open World comes to town, they have this giant sign that says, or they, they have giant signs like cut out like these physical sculptural letters that say Oracle that are like 10 feet tall. 
Yeah. And it's ridiculous. But when I saw the word Oracle, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't know about Oracle Open World, but I was walking around and just saw or the word Oracle everywhere. And I'm actually, I, I practice, uh, I practice divination. I do, you know, different fortune telling things. I, I'm, okay. I'm a tarot reader. I do I Ching. Um, I'm interested in being an Oracle. <laughs> And in the, in the original letters, sense of the word, yes. Yeah, I was walking with friends and I was like, the or I said a joke, like the oracles are coming. Oh, like the oracles <laughs> are coming to town. <laughs> and um, and then I was like, oh, wait, what if like I pretended to be confused what Oracle was <laughs> and showed up in my robes and was like, I'm here for Oracle open world. So my first idea was just to do that alone. But I was like, oh, wait, what if like this is a whole conference and I create Oracle open world <laughs> with the same exact name, but find because there's a lot of people interested in you know, sure. for- fortune telling in the Bay Area. Yeah, and we all show up at Moscone <laughs> Center as though they double booked like they just didn't realize that it was the same. <laughs> like, oh, wait, we thought that, it, like, oh, it must, there must have been some confusion. Like, we're here to practice divination, you know, discussing new divination techniques. Right. What are you? What are you doing? Um, and also, there's all these things like, you know, Oracle does because Oracle deals with data and analytics. There are all these, you know, signs inside Oracle Open World. There are there are signs about like, you know, predicting. Pr- predicting right. things and you know the future and um, right but uh I, I i got the domain name because i wanted i thought this this event will be will be great if like it's a lot of people who show up dressed in robes <laughs> dressed in yes. wizard robes uh so i put a lot of effort into this i made a website called oracleopenworld.org they have the dot com right. so i'm just you know one extension off uh but i made a totally different logo i made a whole speaker list <laughs> like I generated a bunch of you know wizard sounding names and made made a speaking list. Uh, I yeah, created a schedule. I created swag for everyone. Um, like everyone got tote bags. Everyone got a map of Moscone Center, but it was like a scroll. Nice. <laughs> and had like a forest and like it had like magical things, but it had like names of the real Moscone. Like oh, this is the West Hall, but it had oh. like you know. Right. A river. Right. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I also had to, you know, the first, I've done this four times. I've done this oh, for wow. four, four consecutive years. Uh, okay. Each time it gets bigger. Uh, we've been kicked out every single time. <laughs> but we get to stay longer. The first time we didn't get badges for the real conference. So we got kicked out for like, you know, being on private property. Right. So we had to go to the sidewalk. And so we did tarot readings just like on the ground. But it wasn't as funny. <laughs> So I, for the next year, we got real badges. Oh, wow. I got everyone real badges uh, through some, you know, I made up a company, <laughs> got us all real badges. You could get them for free. I got like, right. I got like 40. And then oh we had goodness. our fake badges over the real badges. So if security kicked us out, we're like, oh, no, we actually, um, we actually <laughs> did get badges. But the second year we got kicked out because we were affiliated with this fake company, they thought we were doing marketing. Oh, <laughs> They thought really? we were like sneaking in, not paying for a booth and doing like a stunt to sell something, you know, but we weren't, <laughs> we were genuinely, we were genuinely actually like everyone who went was, I told everyone to, that they should be interested in divination or to research a divination technique. Right. So people were like practicing palm reading and stuff. And we just went up to people at the conference and we're like, do you want a tarot reading? And it was pretty incredible how 
like I we would drag people off and go find like free tables and they would like ask us questions about their life about huh. their career, about their family. Like, we had very serious conversations. It wasn't, wow. people at first thought it was a joke, but then we're like, no, no, we actually are practicing divination. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, and I think the the third year I went, the thing that tipped off, the reason we, we had a point where all security was told to look for the people in capes and kick them out. Really? Because my friend led a seance. Ah. My friend was talking to Deloitte the Deloitte booth (laughs) and my friend has a way of talking to people and having them just tell like he has a way of getting people to just you know say what's on their mind and you know be emotionally open and he Uh was talking to someone and and they said he said like you know what's been on your mind lately and they said that their one of their managers had died oh wow and my friend and like you know it seems jokey but he was like well, let's do a seance. And they were into it. <laughs> wow. They were into it because huh. of, you know, it's a, it is a certain energy that can, can convince people to, sure. to like enter that sort of magical world. And so he like found some pillows from some lounge area and like made a circle on the ground. And uh, also this was, tor- this was like day two of the conference. So everyone's in a weird mental state. <laughs> okay. You spend two days in a trade show. So he starts uh, <laughs> He starts this um, seance and sits in the center and has this booming voice. And that alerted security uh, <laughs> from their, like, overhead cameras. So wow. they immediately, like, swarm him and, like, kick him out. But then they notice that there's other people with capes and they realize they're all distributed. So they, like, have a message to all security guards to, like find the people with the capes so Look i was out in the for middle the oracles yeah i wasn't exactly i was in the middle of a tarot reading with someone and security comes over to me and they're like you have to leave and i was like why and they're like we don't know we just were told <laughs> <laughs> we were told that you can't have the cape and i was in the middle of a tarot reading and the person was in the my you know the person wearing a suit getting a tarot reading is like oh no well will you be back here tomorrow i still want to <laughs> i want to hear the the last card i want to learn about the last card and I said, probably not. And they es- they escorted me out. Oh, wow. So I was surrounded by security. And the security didn't know what was going on. Neither did and even my friend Brian, who was leading the seance. It was not clear why he had to leave, but he was right. causing, you know, a disruption. Right. And from that point on, yeah, year four, they told there was a policy that you can't wear costumes. So... <laughs> We were waiting in line to hear. <laughs> we were waiting for Larry Allison's keynote. Okay. Like we had been there for like four hours and we didn't get caught. But when we were waiting for Larry's keynote, we were all planning on standing up and chanting Larry, <laughs> <laughs> which was probably be like a huge mistake. But we had like, you know, we had like a staff that would glow. And when Larry would get oh on gosh. stage, we all wanted to stand and like sort of pretend that Larry's like our overlord. <laughs> That we got, conf- like, we thought Larry was someone else. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, and because there were all, because we all congregated together in the line, security went up oh. to us and they said, you all have to leave. You're not allowed to wear, you're not allowed to wear the costumes here. And I said, why? And they said, there was an incident last year. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it was there's no inst- like it's just uh, a lot of you know communication from higher up without anyone knowing why right wow so uh well that's a long story but you know that's uh oracle open world has decided to leave san francisco now they're doing it in vegas in the future so right. I, you know, I think I, I did my run. I'm not going to, I don't want to fly to Vegas for this. Yeah. But I still have the website, oracleopenworld.org. Yes. And I got in some, I got in some legal trouble for having the domain name that's so similar to theirs. Huh. So. So they, they, they sent a, a notice of sorts? They sent us, yeah, they, a law firm sent a cease and desist and they actually asked to hop on a phone call. Okay. Uh, so I did. I called them and they said, we know what you do. <laughs> they researched me. They know I make jokes. And then they said, just make it more. Just can you put really high up on the site that you're not affiliated? Oh, uh, okay. And I did that. And then they yeah. let me keep it. That was the most amicable. Yeah. Uh, they also liked my work. Like they said. Okay. They- <laughs> They were so they were so nice, but it was not. It was like the the law, random law firm that Oracle. Right, made. I forgot. Right, which one. Um, but they understood. That's it nice. It could have been worse. It was surprising. Yeah, I mean it's. It, I mean it is nice. It is so rare, but it is nice when you run into those experiences where it's like, you know, where a law firm would be like, hey, you know, I understand what you're trying to do. We have this little problem. If you could yeah. just solve it. Um, yeah, totally. And, and they kept saying like our client. They weren't like right. you know we. They, right. they, they very much thought Oracle is a client and they were a fan of my work. So how can they compromise? Right. right. <laughs> very um, cool. So, yeah, now there's a little note. But what some what happens is I still because I structured the website with an actual speaker list, my uh-huh. website was pulled in aggregate data. You know, like some there are some websites that sort of scrape the Internet for conference schedules. Oh, yeah. So my <laughs> schedule got mixed up. With, like, the real Oracle schedule. Oh, really? Yeah, before it happened. Like, just on random, like, aggregators. Right, right. This was, yeah, before the last conference. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I found out because I was just, like, Google searching the random wizard names that I used to see uh-huh. if they had And you any found other. one on, on Yeah, a, a bunch of other websites were like, oh, yeah, discussing advanced, like, high latency divination. I, like, used, <laughs> you know, Oracle terms. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> um that's that's absolutely hilarious um so i i i mean we've been talking for a while so so i think we can finish up i I don't know if there are any other like quick ones you want to describe or or if if you think we're good Um, (laughs) these were all very entertaining uh the other yeah i mean i'm trying to think of a quick one i guess u.s (laughs) u.s game systems but that's the u.s game systems which is sort of related to, you know, my interest in divination. I got in trouble for for a project involving tarot cards. Huh. Um, and the surprising thing from that, I had a project uh, when I was in my early 20s where I wanted to paint tarot cards on bicycle helmets. Okay. Uh, like a whole deck. Oh, okay. So that when you're on your bike, you would get a tarot reading from the people <laughs> that passed you. I see. And I called it Human Tarot Project or something. Oh, okay. I had a whole website for it. But I used I used a deck from 1909 
Okay, that should be public domain. It should be, but the U.S. game systems, um, uh, Stuart Kaplan, the founder, Hmm. decided to photograph this deck from 1909 in the 70s, and he has the copyright on the photos. That is... That is not copyright law. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because there's a case. It's like the, the um, blanking on the name because I used to know it. But it was like Carell was involved in a case involving photographing public domain artwork. And in the U.S., in other countries it's different. But in the U.S., they've said that merely photographing public domain artwork is not a new work. Totally. But, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so well, they claim. I mean, he, yeah. yeah, I don't think he, he doesn't have a right to it. He also... Right. I mean, I don't think the artist would have given it to this random guy. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I actually think he kind of took advantage of her. Huh. And he he really, but he made, you know, that tarot, it's like the most popular tarot deck. Right, And he right. has profited a ton from this. Uh, but I think that they they do send cease and desist to anyone using it. That's just their, right. that's someone's job. But right. I thought the funniest thing about this, so they sent me a cease and desist. I didn't take it seriously. But they demanded that I send them five five helmets wait what and i was thinking like whoa do they have some closet like it's weird that they asked for that <laughs> it is do they weird. have some closet of like stuff that yeah. other like just a little i would love to see it i said no but i also thought it'd be funny for them to have an artifact so i sent them i sent them uh, a two of cups tarot helmet <laughs> uh, which is like a card about sort of negotiations and contracts and stuff. Um, and I just thought like, whoa, if they, ha- if they're demanding items, I would love to see this like bootleg, see their tarot, collection, tarot cards yeah. and things. Um, but that's, yeah, Did that's a, that was an it? unexpected one. No. I mean, with so many yeah. of these situations, that's the right. last. I they don't, you know, disappear. I don't, you know, say how's it going? How are you feeling about? <laughs> how are you feeling about how things ended with our season desist last time? <laughs> right. I mean, it, 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 it's so weird too because, like, I, I honestly feel like there are lots of situations where if if these companies approached people nicely and just said, like, "Hey, upfront, like, we're not we're not going to sue you, we're not threatening you but you know hey this is you know kind of over the line could you not do this like so many of these situations could be resolved easily and amicably maybe i think like probably (laughs) statistically people are more likely to change things when they get something that's extremely threatening i don't know maybe maybe (laughs) these businesses are scary they all seem they all seem you know i was scared the first time i ever received one yeah which was a joke from a friend. The first oh, one. Oh wow! I, the first one I ever received was a friend pranking me. Oh wow! Which totally spooked me. That's not a good friend. And I. <laughs> oh yeah, we were like we we would prank each other. I see. Uh, stuff. It was from the it was it was a cease and desist from the from Mary Kate and Ashley Olson's lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, from a very old project okay we don't have to get into yeah i was it gonna was, say i mean it was, ter- it was terrifying and <laughs> yeah my uh my college newspaper wrote about my cease and desist oh wow and then, um and then my friend told me that he did it that it was but fake. from that point on <laughs> i never yeah. took them too seriously <laughs> But the, I mean, but the thing is, like, they are, they are scary, and they're designed to be scary. Yeah, and, so that you and, react and change things. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, as, as you know, I've been on the receiving end of, of plenty of cease and desist yeah. letters over the years as well. And, and they're, you know, they're, they actually do, you know, they, they, they're, they're stress inducing, <laughs> totally. know, whether or not, whether or not you believe in them or, and, and, you know, in most cases, you know, uh, when I've received them, I've, I felt that I, I was in the right, um, but that's again, like I don't know. I mean, it's just maybe I'm wrong. I understand, like yes, like probably they're effective in terms of like scaring people into mm -hmm. to removing stuff or taking stuff down. But it still feels like you know, if you just did a friendly approach, like hey, here's our concerns, here's why, rather than like we are going to sue you out of existence. Um, yeah, or if they like you know tried to appreciate the art behind the thing. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. I think like a reason why I always tell people to don't to like not to listen to cease and desists and mm -hmm. to fight them. Yeah. Um, because you know I've showed my cease and desist to friends and they're like that's terrifying. I would just listen to them. Oh yeah, and, and lots of people do. Yeah, it, totally. It works. Like I don't know, yeah. ten percent of the time maybe. Um, but I think it's really important to not let them win. Because yeah. then you lose your ability to critique the company, you know, like the oh, more, totally. like I was, you know, I was think the Johnson and Johnson thing, like that felt when they sent me, when they sent me the WIPO complaint, I was considering like, oh, is this even worth it? Right. But then I was thinking more about it and it's like, well, if they think my joke can't be on the internet, then what else can't be on the internet right, in the future? Right. Like right. one, like all these losses from if artists keep losing, then we eventually over time lose the ability to freely speak and make jokes about awful things. Yeah. So yeah. I want the track record looking good for artists. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, kudos to you for 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 fighting back and and winning and especially in this case you know when when you receive this one yeah one day i'll make um because i have i, have, I think i have like maybe 18 season assists oh <laughs> so gosh. we only discussed a few but i want to make like a little museum yeah in my in my hallway so i'll frame um, um, i'll frame I, the season assists and then do like I, a, a tour and i'll be the docent <laughs> I might have some to contribute to. to oh that. yeah, it could be a group. It could be actually like a real museum, and I yeah. and I ask people to send in their favorite cease and desist, and we frame them, and then put like the questionable artifacts in front. Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh gosh. Um, well, yeah. Well, the, the, this is this has been a very fun conversation. <laughs> um, and but I, I you know I appreciate. I, I always appreciate people who are, are, well, you know, obviously creative and coming up with cool things and then willing to push back on, on companies that try and silence them for whatever reason, whatever stupid reason. Um, so, you know, kudos to you for, for all the, the various, you know, hilarious and creative things that you've come up with. And uh, but also for for pushing back when when you think these companies are overstepping their bounds. Totally. And uh, thanks for, for taking the time to, to come on the podcast and, oh, and entertain yeah. everyone as well. So uh, Yeah, if, if anyone listening to this has good cease and desist stories, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to hear them and maybe, um, you know, it could be in the museum. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and if if you're unaware of, of Danielle's work, we only covered some of it. So um, check out her various websites uh, and follow her on Twitter um, while those tweets exist before people force her to take them down. <laughs> uh, but uh, thanks again. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back next week. Someone will get. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get.